Today on Rolling with New York Mike. I don't have to like you because you... I don't necessarily dislike you because you're a guy dresses like a girl. Okay, fine, do what you want to do. But do no harm. The doctor's code, first do no harm. Well, that goes for everybody. Welcome to Rolling with the most patriotic man I know, my husband. And now, his podcast, Rolling with New York Mike. Get on the ride. Okay. <laughs> We're recording on New York Mike, and this is Rolling with New York Mike. I'm having a hard time. It's been a tough week with that tragedy in in Tennessee, it's really hard to get your arms around everything that's going on. You see these, I don't want to call it, it's not gun violence. It's violence. It's the killing, the murdering of innocent people by these these evil, miserable, evil, disgusting human beings. And six innocent lives taken, nine-year-olds, People are just going to work and trying to do good for this country, running a school. And then somebody, because she, and then don't give me a damn pronouns. The hell with your pronouns. This is a female, a 28-year-old female still living with her parents and all upset because she wants to be a trans person, whatever the heck that means. How do you transfer? How do you transfer from boy to girl, girl to boy? You, you don't do that. You can make believe you want to play a role. You want to say, okay, I'm going to dress up as a boy or I'm going to dress up as a girl. Then do it. I'm not stopping you. But don't tell me I have to call you this or call you that. Or say, oh, yeah, you're the, the party of science. Science, yeah. Global, you know, warming, freezing, climate changing, and all that. And the world's coming to a to an end in ten years, twelve years, or whatever. Their science. I'm supposed to listen to that science. How about the science of you know COVID? How was that for science? Did you like that? I. So here we are. Democrats calling for gun control. Oh, gun control! As if the gun went out and shot those six people. No, it was it was this Audrey Hale person that went out there and and they're saying, there's even people in this country, in my country, who's saying that there's, there's somehow, in some way, shape or form, just coming up with just a little bit of justification, oh, because the trans people are being trans, what, transgendered, uh, exiled or whatever they want, genocidal, what, what are you kidding me? I don't have to like you. I don't have to like you because you, I don't necessarily dislike you because you're a guy who dresses like a girl. Okay, fine, do what you want to do. But do no harm. The doctor's code, first do no harm. Well, that goes for everybody. And I don't want to hurt anybody because they want to dress like a boy if they're a girl or just like a girl if they're a boy. That's, but, but, but don't, don't change the culture. To say, oh, everybody's got a pronoun? What's a pronoun? What, are you kidding me? What's this all about? And what, what are you, you're going to teach in school? You're going to tell five-year-old kids? In any way, you're going to teach, sex, you're going to sexualize the, the children of America? Are you kidding? And, they, and not only sexualize them, 
But this fantasy world, you're going to tell these kids, oh, you're a boy. If you're not happy being a boy, you might want to be a girl. It's the same thing. No problem. Yeah, you could change it. No, that's not the way it works. God decides what your, what your gender is. It's the way it is. And, and if you don't like yourself, well, go ahead. Work out. Go to the gym. Study hard. Learn. Become a better person. There's a thousand ways of doing it, all, all available to everybody in America in, in so many ways. Go to school, sit in the library, read books, do something. But don't sit there complaining, blame everybody else, and then go and get, oh, you're so angry, you're going you're gonna to demonstrate how angry you are by killing innocent people. It's not the guns. It's the, the evil people and, and those who support them. Oh, the, they, they, they've had such a rough time. Oh, their mental health, they're, they're, they're gender confused and they have, no, you don't, you don't even have that conversation. It's not a conversation. Okay. But they will sit there and tell us that this, we've got to give up our guns because I, they want us to give up our guns so we become pliable citizens so that they can shape us in any way they want and have us do their bidding in any way they want. Total government control is what they want. But they won't. They want to control us and take away our guns, but they don't want to control the border. They do not want to control the border. Look at this Mayalkas. I don't want to say imbecile because he might not be. He's fulfilling his agenda. That's his agenda. And he's going to look you in the face, America, and tell you the border's under control. And it's stupid. You're going to believe him or you're going to believe your lying eyes. You can see what's going on at the border. It's not under control. And they don't want it under control. It's under control of the, of the, of the cartels. And we are losing. When they say we're losing 100,000 people a year of dying from fentanyl, poisoning, overdose, whatever it is. It's a lot more than that. you got to add all the drug issues, like the addictions. How many people are addicted? They don't die. They're addicted. Their lives, they've become slaves to a drug and slaves to the drug dealer, slaves to the cartels. They're indentured, indentured servants for the rest of their lives. They, they have been taken out of the realm of productive citizenship and, and they're drug addicts. And a lot of these people, much too many of them are young, young kids. What are we doing to this generation? And, oh, we're going to take away our right to, to keep and bear arms. One of the, the essence of America. We're going to take away that right, but we're, we're not going to control the border. The drug trafficking, you talk about slavery, slavery. Oh, they're going to pay reparations for what happened 200 years ago in America, in the South, not in America, only in the South. And, and it was horrible. And we can go into it and talk about it. But <laughs> the, 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 human trafficking, that's that's today's word for slavery. Yeah. Everything, everything changed. We changed the wording for something. We used to call Negro. Now we call them black African-Americans. 
There's different words for for different people and different things, and things change. It's okay, but let's accept the fact that human trafficking is slavery. Whether it's drug trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, whatever, the trafficking part is the part that says slavery. That's what it is. So they're willing to abdicate our Second Amendment rights and allow the government total access and control over our lives in spite of the evidence of what government looks like after COVID. And more than that, let's look at government control. Let's look at government control in history, how that will affect their side. When we're in control, when Trump is president again, how are they going to feel about the policies they don't like? They're shoving stuff down our throat and lying to us in so many ways. Joe Biden lies. Why do I have to explain this? He gets up there and tells lies. He was brought up with his Puerto Rican friends. He went to the synagogue. He drives an 18-wheeler. He, I mean, the things this guy says. And weaponizing, weaponizing the FBI, weaponizing the Department of Justice, weaponizing the IRS. Oh, and right in front of us, while they're doing that, and I say, hey, it's not just Biden. It's the whole Democrat Party. Wake up and look at the agenda of this party. Look at the policies that they put in place. It wasn't just Joe Biden that took us from an energy independent country where, where we could export, where we could export, yeah, fossil fuels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 we villainized it. We've allowed them to villainize the best energy source this world has. Period, bar none. Well, okay, nuclear, right up there. But the best for each and every average person until we're able to, whatever, retail nuclear. <laughs> that's, that's a long ways off. But we had it. We were there under Donald Trump. Whether you like him or not, whatever you want to say or think or do, what he did was great for America. He was actually, he actually made America great Again, however you want to define it, again, he did it. We were there. And, and they just dismantled every, all these things, took away all his policies. For what? Because they didn't like him? And, and, and so just take a look at what happened under, under COVID. The government was totally wrong. Everything they did was wrong. The masks were wrong. Shutting down the schools, the businesses. It was all wrong. They closed down. Now, if there was any place that people should have gone during COVID, was get healthy. Go to a gym. They, they, if they had subsidized memberships, it would have been more intelligence than shutting down the gyms. What they did was wrong. Now, I want to I say it was stupid because these are intelligent people. And when tel intelligent people do stupid things, it's either corrupt or wrong. Now, in this case, it was both. It was definitely corrupt. They knew better. Fauci knew better. I don't want to get into the whole Fauci thing. I want to, but I want, to, I want to get into this this government control thing. Because I know there's Democrats and, and, and people that I know who listen 
to my podcast, and I always try to reach out to them. The lowest common denominator. Sorry, but that's, that's, that's how I see it. I need to convince you people that you're wrong about big government. Big government is the enemy. It's, it's what we all need to be, I don't want to say afraid of, concerned about. I'll put it that way. I mean, it should, be, it should, it should scare the hell out of you because it's a necessary evil. But that's what it is. And if you let it grow, Elon Musk and, and all these guys just decided to put a, a pause button on developing AI because they realized, wait a minute, we, you know, we, we could be getting ahead of ourselves. We could be developing machines, AI, that could take over the planet. You know, <laughs> we're talking about something serious. Well, you know, you already have that. It's called government. And if you don't think so, think think about all the, the the people. Think about if it's our side instead of your side. If it's Trump. I mean, the way you people are acting right now, the way the left is acting. They're controlling America. They're controlling everything you do. Now, everything we do now, they want to add 80,000 IRS agents to, you know, not, not go after a handful of billionaires. You can identify every billionaire, you know, in 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 a in a, in a one page of of a, of a notebook. It's just not that big a deal. You don't need eighty thousand IRS agents to go after millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, well, you know, Bernie Sanders, notwithstanding, they're not the enemy, by the way, and I wouldn't even go after them. But that's the excuse. You don't need that. Eighty thousand IRS agents. To harass every single American. That's what they need them for. And if you have 80,000 today, it'll be 100,000 tomorrow. You don't need that. This government doesn't, doesn't, doesn't need to be that weaponized, but they are. But then when you, wait, what about when, when, when Trump is reelected? What are you going to scream then? Are you going to still want the government to grow bigger under Trump? Is, it, is that what you are? I know what, what Trump's going to do is, bring government back down to size. But you don't see that. Because all you see is government. And government is always big brother. Okay, big brother slash big sister. <laughs> but but that's what you see and somehow, some way you like that. It's not a good thing. You want the smallest amount of government to get the job done, period. That's it. The government's main job is to keep you safe. To create an environment in which we could thrive, which business can grow. And, and that environment is an environment that, that lets you live your life free of worry about being taken over by another country or by criminals. Con artists included. Yeah. But the biggest con artist is the government. So take a look at history. What happens with all these governments like... Remember the name, of course, everybody, you know, I'm not going to throw out Stalin and Hitler. By the way, Stalin was our partner in World War II. Remember, remember that he, he was our partner. It was him, FDR, and, and, and Winston Churchill. Thank God for Winston Churchill because Stalin totally dominated FDR. So, but think of all the other, the other dictators, the fascist governments. Pol Pot, Mussolini, Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, uh, Concessu, remember Concessu in Romania? Kim Jong-un, 
Marcos in the Philippines, Franco, Batista, Castro, Idi Amin, Jean-Claude Duvalier, remember him? I mean, there's so many more. It's not like it only happened two or three times. It happens all the time. I mean, Xi in China, Putin. You, know, you, you can just go on and on. Venezuela, Cuba. The, how does that work? Do you like that? Because that's where you go when you get government that big, that strong. We give government that ability to, to control the population. You like that. You don't think so? Well, think about the laws and policies that you want this government to put in place. You want, you know, I, I, that guy I met at my kid's house, he was like, oh, thank God, Joe Biden. We got charging stations all over the country. Why is the government building charging stations? Well, you know, do you want to put up coffee shops too? How about barbershops? How about government everything? That's what he wants. Well, yeah, because he's, thank God. Elon Musk has put up charging stations all over the country. And individual charging companies like ChargePoint and whatever these people are, it's an entrepreneurial function if you could make money from it. By the way, not to get so far off track, but you know I drive an electric vehicle. Yes, I do. And I'm not happy with it. It drives great. Best driving car I've ever had. No question about it. But this charging thing, driving on a leash, and tell them telling you that it's costing you less? I paid $30, okay, to add 160 miles on a fast charge. By the way, 70 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes. That was it. And I went from 65 miles, 65 miles to 290 miles, okay? Yeah. So when you break it down, call that at 20 miles a gallon of gas, call that 10 gallons. 10 gallons of gas, and it cost me $30, that would be $3 a gallon, which is, by the way, what the rest of the country is paying. If you're listening in California, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still $5. That's California. That's a whole other subject. But this myth that it costs any less, it's, it's the same $3 a gallon. And that's, that's just what it costs. But I had to sit there for an hour and 10 minutes. So you think that's good? I, I, I think it cost me a little more at my house. Yeah, I've got a fast charger, solar panels, and all that. Anyway, it's the lie. The government's telling you a lie. And the grid cannot handle the amount of electric vehicles that they're projecting we're going to have in just 10 years. Because in California, they said after 2035, they won't even allow the sale of new fuel cars. Everything's going to be electric. Yeah. And you think... When you have blackouts and brownouts now, and SDG is raising their rates all the time, I think they go up 17% in April. So where's that going? It's a lie. It's snake oil. And it's government snake oil. Government is selling you a lie. Oh, my God. The government does. Yeah, well, it does. Government lies. Every day they lie. So I just named some of the leaders who totally control their nation, fascist dictators or, or whatever you want to call them. Their sycophants call them dear leader.
or some other form of endearment, be it king or czar or prime minister. They were the titles given to leaders who were trusted by some, hated, loved, or feared by some others. But when a leader has the power to force or enforce his or her policies without honest dissension, honest dissension. I mean, we have a constitution where we have the right to redress and citizens should get the benefit of the doubt. Now, you know, of course, after George Floyd, where they rioted, rioted, tore down the country, billions and billions of dollars in damage, 40 people killed. Well, maybe it was 38 people killed. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it was 43 people. And how many people were damaged, hurt physically? How many businesses and lives were destroyed? But oh, that was protest. Why? Because some criminal was was murdered by a criminal. Yeah, he was a cop, but he was a criminal. And 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 he went to prison, and he should go to prison. And what he did was criminal. It was horrible. But George Floyd was a freaking criminal, and 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 they made him into this freaking hero. How do you how do you justify that when the government is complicit with doing that? Trying to tell you he was just a victim. Well sure he was a victim, but he was also a criminal. A really badass criminal. So this government, every government is dysfunctional to some degree. But the citizens need to get the benefit of the doubt. Now, I think that giving, giving the rioters after George Floyd the benefit of the doubt, that's, that's bullshit. Whoa, whoa, what this country did and what this government did to, I, I, they didn't cover it up, did they? Would you call the cover up? Probably is because there's, there's so much that hasn't been seen. We don't talk about it. Well, the media, of course, complicit in this whole thing doesn't expose everything that happened at that time. And yet they call it a protest. But January 6th wasn't a protest where we have the right to redress. And there were some people who broke the law. Yeah, there were some. But it, it wasn't an insurrection. It was a protest. There's a huge difference. And the truth is going to come out. I hope it comes out in time to salvage the lives of those people who've gone to court and spent all the money they had, gone broke, brought their families down, and, and have been paying a huge price. I, 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 hope, I hope there's some redemption. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you cannot have redress of this government, if you can't have honest dissension, the end effect is dictatorship and by any name and you know people call it benevolent benevolent only applies when you like and agree with the policies and it, it doesn't matter if you disagree with the results i mean too bad on you but you'll call it a benevolent dictatorship as long as they're, they're doing what you want to do take away the guns we don't want the guns Guns are killing little kids in school. Oh, fentanyl's not. Drugs not. Telling them, telling them that 
they want to castrate themselves or, or whatever they do to change their sex, ruin their entire lives, okay? That's not, that's not killing kids, huh? Yeah, it is. So I get that you lefties and Democrats don't think that's what's going on here and now. But if Trump was president and you saw what we see, you certainly would. So if, if he was doing the exact same thing as Biden is doing, <laughs> you'd be yelling and screaming. Oh, what he did. If he did in Afghanistan, what Biden did, that alone should should cause them to impeach Biden. Just just what he did. I mean, I say just I, I, I it's not just what he did was was a huge, huge a crime against America with treasonous. He did it with his eyes open. And the generals, they they advised him, advised him differently. Not not stopping him from doing that. You see it's a crime. You see the damage that it's doing. You you've got to step up. Not doing that indicts them as well, in my opinion. The open borders. If Trump was doing this, you'd be yelling and screaming. If if Trump was doing the things, this this you know Garland guy, Merrick Garland, the the Attorney General, weaponizing the FBI, weaponizing the Department of Justice. It's not just against Trump, and that's criminal. What they're doing to Trump, chasing them all over the country, just just trying to find some way to 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 keep him from running again. Because when he runs, he's going to win. He's going to be the next president of the United States of America. Yeah, we could talk about that. There's a, there's a few other things that I want to talk about, but that's one of them. But we could talk about that. But you know, if if. Not so much the policies, again, but the weaponizing of, of the FBI, the use of the attorney general for political vendettas, and, and that includes January 6th, by the way, the cover-ups and the lies and, and the denials about COVID, the denials about the border, denials about crime, school issues like poor academic achievement. Think about that. Poor academic achievement. Think about that. What have we done to this generation of kids going to school? We're talking about diversity, inclusion, and equity. We're talking about, you know, sexualizing. We need to be talking about reading, writing, and arithmetic, mathematics, real science, chemistry, biology, real biology. That's when we talk about Poor economic achievement. This is a serious accusation against what this government is doing. Spending our time with the CRT, 1619 project. Gender change, not, and not shared with parents. Not telling the parents that you're changing their child's gender. What's going on with that? And by the way, if a kid comes to school and his parents don't know, and he... And he you know, somehow the teacher says, you know, little, you know, um, Robert, 
if you want to be called, you know, some girl's name, how about Barbara? It's okay. So in school, they call him Barbara all day, and he can go around and be a girl. And he goes home and he, oh, he, he's not going to tell his parents. That's, that's criminal. That's criminal. You, you, you are encouraging this kid. It, it, it's what you're doing. It's criminal. So it, it, it's it, the exposure of election fraud and tampering. No accountability for Afghanistan, the pullout, the, the dilution of and the degrading of our military and, and police recruitment and effectiveness because of the derision of, you know, they, they go, you're a white supremacist if you carry a copy of the Constitution with you. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what they're saying. You're a so-called white supremacist. I mean, this is bullshit. And they're saying that's the, 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 the worst concern, the, the biggest concern they have, white supremacy. What are you, nuts? Without any evidence, the, the forcing of vaccinations, not admitting it was wrong and hiring back the people that you fired, the cops, the firefighters, the military, and then just regular employees. Of, of different companies, the defunding and denigration of police and military. Uh, you know, the, the the budget, not keeping up with inflation, by the way, is weakening. Taking a, it's weakening our military, taking away liability insurance coverage for for our cops, for the police department. That's that's horrible. Lowering the standards for female, you know requirements for police, firefighters, and military. That's just wrong. It's, it's lowering the standards for everybody. It's lowering the standards of our military and our first responders. This all goes to a decline, a purposeful decline in our culture, a decline in American excellence in every aspect of our lives. It's unacceptable. So, I know I wanted to talk about politics and the presidency, and I'm going to. But I also want to talk about the fact that today, well, actually yesterday, was Vietnam Veterans Day, or the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War. So, my friends, a lot of my friends went to different VA, Veterans Association, I don't know, the VA. <laughs> they, they, they went to the VA because they, they're all celebrating. And I, and I got stuff. My friend showed me they were interviewed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey about the PACT Act. And I, the PACT Act's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. PACT Act's a really good thing. But what, what people are missing. Yeah, we're, we're Vietnam vets. And we were derided when we came back. We were, I mean, the country was hostile to us. Hostile to us, individually, each and every one of us, this country was hostile to us as veterans. And I can postulate all kinds of theories and reasoning why. Because they protested against the war, against saving the South Vietnamese people, against saving the Laotians and the Cambodians from their, from their horrible dictatorships. 
against saving the people of South Vietnam from North Vietnam and China and the communist threat. They were protesting against that, which boggles my mind when 20 years before our parents saved the world. They saved the world, period. But were they going to protest because we're trying to save the people of South Vietnam? And so they treated us horribly because they had to make us the villains. In order to make them right, in order to establish firmly that what they did by turning their backs, by protesting, by by stopping us from declaring victory, which we would have and should have done, by stopping that, okay, they're making themselves right by making us the villains. Who else are they gonna they're gonna point their fingers to? They elected Jimmy Carter. That's their guy. So they can't blame the government then. <laughs> oh, Gerald Ford? Yeah, what did he do for two years? You know, nice guy, I liked him as a person, but as a president, he allowed Congress to overturn everything we agreed on with the South Vietnamese who could, might, could have beaten the North Vietnamese with the support that we had promised them. And then Congress just said, nope, I changed our mind. The Democrat Congress, the Democrat America just said, no, we're not going to do that. We have the hell with them. Let them go. Let them die. Let the North Vietnamese take over. That's what happened. And and they had a they had to have a villain. Who was the villain? The soldier. Us. Us who fought that war. When well, we won that war. Didn't even lose a battle. Not one. So here comes the Pact Act. Fifty five years later. Well, fifty years from the end. <laughs> Longer for some of us. But Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. And by the way, almost $800 billion, all right? I think it's $760 billion. But only 360 of it, less than half, goes directly to the PACT Act. The other $400 billion is remaining as discretionary funds. That's Congress. Now, I could say it's the Democrats, which... It was, the, but the the Republicans just capitulated because they couldn't take the heat because people like John Stewart were accusing the Republicans of going against the military and being against the veterans because they wouldn't sign the Pact Act as long as more than half of the money was being called discretionary funds, a slush fund that Congress can use for anything they want. So this seven hundred sixty billion dollar Pact Act, and by the way. The VA, yeah, I, I, I don't have the same problems other people have. I understand it. It's a pain in the ass. It's a problem. The administrative bureaucratic bullshit that you have to go through, the process I've been going through now for a few years, trying to get my appropriate compensation, yeah, it, it's a big pain in the ass. So what's the problem? You think the problem is just that the VA is mistreating us they're not mistreating us they don't have the wherewithal they're not big enough they're not a they they don't have the resources if they had more resources people wouldn't have to stand online like we do 
They'd have other people to help us fill this stuff out and do this stuff. Try to find a, a VSO, a, vet, a veteran service officer. Try to find somebody that's going to help you out. It's hard. It's just they don't have as big enough budget. So why not give them that whole $760 billion? That would impress me. But when they take $400 billion and put it in their pocket, yeah, it, it, it's, it's discretionary. That means they can use it for whatever purpose they want. That's it. So they said, okay, okay, okay. We're, we're going to give these guys their, their money for the pact. Okay, give it to them. Give them but, you know, we'll take half. We'll give them a dollar. We'll keep a dollar. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll tell them we'll give them what, $800 billion. We're only going to give them $400 billion. We'll take a... We'll take $400 billion for us. How are we going to get $400 billion? Easy. By giving the veterans $800 billion. I call that stolen dollar. That's me. You call it sour grapes? <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm, here we are being used again. Because, and, and by the way, it's great. They, they're using this. They're advertising. Hey, the Pact Act. We passed the Pact Act. It's great, and it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's also getting all these veterans to come out of the woodwork. Oh, wait a minute. They're going to cover me for hypertension. They're going to cover me for this. They're going to do this. These things are, are, are undeniable. They can't deny us anymore. If we were in a certain area, if we were exposed to Agent Orange, they finally admitted 50-something years later. Great. I'm going to go, well... There's a lot more people, and they're encouraging it, and it's a good thing. But they can't accommodate them all. They're making it even more cumbersome and difficult just because they're keeping $400 billion. Put that $400 billion into growing the Veterans Administration. Put it into growing them and getting more people and more places. Nobody has done as much for the Veterans Administration, well, for the veterans, as Donald Trump did. First off, by allowing the VA to fire people who weren't performing. And second all, by allowing us to go to outside doctors when the VA couldn't handle it. And they can't. They don't have the wherewithal. And you know what? I'm not saying it's important for me. It is important for me, but... We're at my stage of the game, I don't know how much longer. But what about those kids in their 20s? And what about those recruits that aren't being recruited? The better you treat your veterans, that's, that's one more component of why people may be more inclined to join the military. You know, I remember a long time ago, I used to go to, go to the gym and have a bunch of guys who were all in our 20s and 30s. And, and these guys used to have these T-shirts, these friends of mine who became cops. It said, hired in my 20s, retired in my 40s. You know, 20 years, you retire, you're living good. That was back in New York City when Giuliani came in and he made it popular. He, he went out and he recruited more cops, more qualified people to become cops. He did a good job of that. There's a lot of things about Giuliani's tenure I didn't agree with, don't get me wrong, but he did a lot. And so the part I don't like, well, okay, but there's a lot he did that was good. And one of the things that he was good, whether I like all his methods or not, was he made New York City safe again. And 
all these cops, I used to go to Gold's Gym and work out. And they'd have these t-shirts. I had in my 20s, retired in my 40s. So it was a great thing. Well, if you treat the veterans not well, you're not convincing people to join the military. So there's a, when you treat, clearly the way they're treating <laughs> the currently serving military is pretty disgusting. Yeah. And it's not that the DIs can't yell at them anymore. That's ridiculous. The training process needs to be tougher, not easier. You know, <laughs> lower your standards, you're going to get a lower person, a lesser person. But I'm not talking about lowering standards. I'm talking about raising standards and also raising the, 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 the level of respect and, and the treatment that you give people after they retire. They get out. They've been to war. They come back. We fight for this country, put our lives on the line. See and do things that you can't unsee or undo. Okay? Those veterans deserve better. And by treating them better, you're, you're going to help ensure that you're going to be able to recruit the people that you need to to continue to build our military so that we are still the biggest, strongest, and most capable military on the planet. And if we're not, that's inviting countries like China. Look what happened to the Ukraine. That can happen here. If, if, we, if we see the decline in our military, even as China is building their capabilities every day with the goal, the stated goal of overtaking the United States of America. That's their goal. Listen to Iran, down with America, the destruction of this country. That's, that's their goal. Yeah, there's an axis of evil out there. Yeah, it's China, Russia, Iran. Yeah, whoever else, I don't know. They're building that axis of evil. So we, we need to build our military. We need, we need to maintain the strength, the, the power. We need to grow our military. That means we need to have more recruits and more retention. Almost as important as new recruits is retention. And so having said all that, given the decline in America's strength overall, the demasculinity of America... Yeah, toxic masculinity. Well, I like toxic masculinity. I, 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 I like when we're dangerous individually, each and every one of us. I like that. I think that's a good thing for America. When we see the decline in that, obesity everywhere you go, junior high school kids, 20, 30 pounds overweight, that's commonplace. You know, I talked about the the advertising campaigns that, you know, um, Elon Musk taking over Twitter because Twitter was an advertising campaign for the Democrat Party, as is Facebook and all the rest of them. What does that advertising campaign do? What does it do? It does the same thing that advertising did for Wheaties, Cheerios. Post-Sugar Crisp, all the cereals. That's 
that advertising. Oh yeah, put a picture of a of a superstar, some athlete, on the on the on the you know the, on the outside of a box of cereal. This cereal is pure sugar. It's junk. It's poison. That's what your breakfast cereal is. But that's what we grew up on. That was it. Kellogg's Post. That was everything. That's what we ate every single day. Yeah. Remember, was it Sugar Pops? Snap Pack, Crackle and Pop? Pure sugar, pure poison. But we, it was advertised every single day. The, you know, this is, this is the best thing for you. The, you know, Breakfast of Champions. That's, that's, that's what we, 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 be careful what you wish for. <laughs> and that's what we got. So we have all this now. So we, we have, the, the recruitment problem is most, they'll say, oh, yeah, well, they're, they're obese and they're this and that. Well, they are what they are. But I think we need the draft. I think every single kid in this country, certainly every single male in this country, should be subject to being drafted. You're 18 years old, you finish high school, you're drafted. You drop out of high school at 16, 17, drafted, that's it. Spent two years in the military. It's like a prep school. It's not, it's not a career if you draft it. It could be if you want to stay. But at least, and now I know, I know the, the, <laughs> the, the, the middle brass in the military, <laughs> the captains, the majors, <laughs> what a pain in the ass this would be for them. I get it. But we've got to build that military and we've got to, we've, we've, we've got to, Recreate that that dangerous American, the lion, the the bring him back because the lions became lambs, and we can't have that. So we got to bring back when it, when a kid's growing up in America, when he's eight, nine, ten years old, and and his dad or his mom's listen, you get to be eighteen, you're gonna go in the army, you know, you got to get ready for that. You you better get in shape. You better start doing push-ups now. That's what you need. You need to get these kids with the mentality that they're going to be in the Army. And in the Army, by the way, you learn how to use weapons. You get respect for weapons, how to use them, care for them. When you put them away, to be careful when they're loaded, unloaded. You know the difference. You, you, this is important. You talk about a well-regulated militia, well, you know, where does it start? It, it should start when when the kid is 18 years old. Go in the military. And we need that. And from that group will come those who will stay in for a career. Or maybe for just for another four years. But it's all good. We need the recruitment. We need the retention of those who went in for the first four, the second four. Went through all the training. We spent a lot of money training people, especially today. When I was in, I remember they used to, there was whatever the number was. It's pretty damn big. You know, I was a special operator, so, you know, all the different schools, jump school and escape evasion school and this school and that school and radio technology and all the rest of it. But today, whoo, <laughs> what I did was like, Maybe a third grade education compared to the kids coming out today. So it, it's it's expensive. 
And when someone goes in there for four years or even eight years, and then they decide, oh, that's it, I'm out. Whew! We spent a lot of money. We had some potential great leadership. We need to do what it takes. So the first two years you draft them, you don't, you don't have to worry about big payments and big, but retention's another thing. And yeah, you're gonna have to train a lot of people. It, it's not gonna be easy. But we also have to give this the kids in this country a sense of pride in the country, pride, patriotism, and and get kids from New York City to to spend time and mix with kids from Iowa, Nebraska. Let 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 kids from New Mexico spend time with kids in Maine. Grow up. I made friends with kids from all over the country. Got a good sense of. The cultural differences, black kids and white kids sharing a bunk, sharing a sharing the foxhole, not not just during war, in the training. You know, training in the military, when you, when you get a little further down the road, gets to be a little tough. You become dependent on the people around you, and and you learn about them. So, it's something that we need to, I think we need to 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 rethink this whole thing of ending the draft. Yeah, they Nixon ended the draft. And he shouldn't have. Well, maybe he had to. Vietnam War was raging. The left was just tearing the country apart. I mean, we, you know, we went through hell. And so, whatever. I'm not going to second guess 60 years ago. But today, right now, it also sends a message to the rest of the world, especially our enemies. And we have plenty of them. Yeah, I said it. Iran, China, Russia. You know, Venezuela, there's, 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 a, there's a, a, a plethora of, of, of enemies. And by the way, some of our friends don't wish us the best all the time. Some of our friends aren't our enemies, but they're not exactly what you would define as friends. So you, you, you want to let them know. America's back. America's back, becoming great again. We're, 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 we have to come back and be America, and, and getting back to being America. So let's talk about for a minute, before we close this out, we have a big election coming up. We have maybe, you know, each succeeding election is the biggest election, <laughs> bigger than the last election. Well, you know, if you talk about elections 20 or 30 years ago, you talk about 150 million, 200 million. Now we got 320 million people plus about 20 million illegal aliens. So we, we have a, and, and today's, the situation in the world today is has, I don't think, ever been this tenuous, this scary. We're, we are in World War III. Make no doubt about that. We are in World War III. What's going on, the Ukraine, what are we doing in Ukraine? I was talking to, I, I said I was talking to a, uh, uh, a guy who was fascinating dude, great guy. Spent he was a, a B-52 pilot, 36 years. Great guy. I, I'm gonna try to get him on an interview one day. Um, and and we're we're talking as I talk with a lot of friends of mine. But this guy was a particularly a particularly <laughs> not just bright, but you know real real knowledgeable. I mean, 36 years. A B-52 pilot, you, you you get to see, do, and understand a lot. And I said, what do we do about Ukraine? What's the right thing? Yeah, you listen to Tucker Carlson, and you listen to Tulsi Gabbard, and, you know, then you listen to the other side. Now, I don't like what 
Biden's doing, Biden's a, a sheep. He could be leading a whole nation alliance, which he's not, but he could be. And we'd still be losing following a sheep. If you're a lion, why would you want to follow a sheep anyway? So, but, but what he's doing is wrong, but he got us into World War Three. We're in World War Three right now. If the Ukraine loses, if Ukraine loses, Russia is most likely going into, you know, Eastern Europe. They're going to, they're going to, Putin's going to reconstitute the Soviet Union. That's his goal. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't make any secrets about it. That, that's what he's doing. And if he takes over Ukraine, there he is on the border of what? Poland, Czechoslovakia, Romania, Estonia. There he is. And these countries know that's where he's going. So he's going to roll over Ukraine at some point. There's no question about it. And then that's where, that's where he's going. We should never have allowed this to happen. Never, ever, ever. And we did. Joe Biden did. You know, when, when, when he said, you know, well, yeah, we, you know, we'll, we, yeah, we'll allow you to go in there just a little bit. Yeah, just put it in a little bit. It's okay. Just don't, you know. Well, that's what happened. Weakness invites what we have. World War Three by Biden's weakness. We were the only thing that prevented Russia and has been preventing China from doing what they're doing now. The aggressive taking over of whatever they want. And so we're there. Do we are we going to be able to continue to let Ukraine fight this proxy war for NATO? Who's the leader? Who's the lion that's going to step up and stop Russia? And how? Probably the only way is a united NATO, a paid up NATO, by the way. When all those nations come up with the money that Trump was able to get them to come up with, and he was just in the process of doing it. So he got billions of dollars from these countries, and they owe billions more. Get them to pay up. Get them to be excited about the leadership, the American leadership, because that's our role. Get these NATO countries to get excited about it, to pay up and to say, okay, Russia, we're stopping you. It's not Ukraine. You're fighting NATO now. What else is going to stop? You got If Russia defeats and takes over and destroys the Ukraine, they're going to roll right into Eastern Europe. So you're in that war, like it or not. I said I was going to talk about the presidential race, and I and I am because it, it is the most important and consequential race of our lifetime. So we're going to talk about it next time. <laughs> for now, I'm New York Mike. Thank you for listening. Rolling with New York Mike is rolling out right now. Let's see it. Thanks for listening. Be in there. Bye. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling.